it's like he's already done with it so it's mm-hmm. like then i forget to watch it so i gotta watch the whole first season all over again who, who are you talking to uh y- you oh that was weird i thought you were talking to somebody else um we have a, a guest on today um, times two she's second time yeah a return <laughs> guest she's a powerhouse she makes amazing designs amazing. including if you guys have seen our duck duck gray duke logo <laughs> She's the creator of that as well as our oh. I love that picture. <laughs> that is my favorite. Which that was Witzel's idea. It was to get Really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice, Witzel. That was a fun one it to do. Look, and it looks so good, printed huge. That's the thing. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Mackenzie McCann. Oh. Hi. Thanks. Thank you for having me for a second time. Things have changed. There's far less farts. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's that's an improvement. It is, yeah. It's a I lot did, more structure. I didn't notice our guest yesterday when when he was burping, he turned his head, and I'm like, thank goodness, we're done with the burping in the mic too. That definitely I mean, happened the first I time not. I was here. We 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 still burp in the microphones. Well, that's your dude show. <laughs> dude, absolutely. Last time though, you came to my parents' farm. Yes, yes. a lot different. This is the first time I'm here in your fancy yeah. studio, which yeah. is cool. That was so fun. <clears throat> yeah, it was a good time. Yeah. Hearing the goats do the gummy thing on the, on the <laughs> railing. Yeah, she still does that. If yeah. people don't know, so that episode is on our old SoundCloud, which is shameful. But I tried to find it on Spotify to show my boyfriend the other day, and ah. I was like, it's not even here. What the heck? It's on stupid Definitely. SoundCloud. How do you get it on um I got to download all the episodes. There's like Apple. 40 fucking episodes that I have to download and bring them over, so it's a pain in the ass. Mm. Anyways. Would you mind explaining for the, the audience what it is that these goats do? Well, first of all, your parents own a goat farm. Yes. My dad is a goat farmer out in Malacca, Minnesota. They raise alpine dairy goats and um, they're milking goats. Pretty big, beautiful animals. Um, but a couple of them have some funny little weird quirks and habits. They're, they all have different personalities. But one, one in particular, actually a couple of them, like I think her daughter too. Um, likes to rub her gums on the um, the metal um, gates, and because goats don't have top teeth. On oh, the that's front. right. Yeah, yeah. They don't. Oh. They they any ruminants actually. You'll learn something today. <laughs> Cows, sheep, deer. They do not have top front teeth, so it's just a gum like a, a rough pad, and they like to yeah rub their gums and go like. <laughs> <laughs> on the on the metal gates, and they'll just sit there and do it for like. I want to say hours, but it's probably more like minutes. But yeah. it sometimes feels like hours when you're sitting outside listening to it. But it's it's really hilarious. That so. was so funny. I remember you <laughs> telling us about that, and then there was like a, a quiet moment, and then we heard the. That's so <laughs> funny! I remember that. I probably have a video of it, and I could like play the sound, but I'd have to. The best caramels too. Mm-hmm. Cheese too. Do you remember that cheese? No, I made oh, yeah, that. That was that's right. I, I don't. But it was. You liked was. it? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think the ambiance of being in that that the space. environment mm-hmm. and where we were at, and it's like, oh, the, the goats are right there. Those yeah, those candies. God, those candies were so fucking good. Yeah, um, McCann Farm. Lotions follow on, too. Follow on Instagram, <laughs> McCann Go Farm. Do they sell things at fairs then? My parents um, go, they're always at the Zimmerman, Prince and Zimmerman Farmer's Market on okay. Saturdays. Oh. Um, they do do different like craft shows and things throughout the holiday season too. My mom's usually there. They make soaps, lotions, and yes, the caramels and cajeta, which is like a caramel sauce. So oh. those are the things they make and sell. 
Let me have. You're going to edit this out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's our um, e- What is that? ASMR? ASMR. ASMR. Um, <laughs> speaking of ASMR, we met uh, through the Keller open mic scene. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you're our fellow comic as well. When's the last time you did stand up, by the way? Oh, my gosh. Um, well, uh, the, the bull's horn show that Andy used to run. I think that's no longer a thing anymore, unfortunately. Right. But I did a few sets there. That was probably the last time I did it. That would have been like almost a year ago. What? I didn't. I thought you did a set at uh, Sister Fist. Sister Fist? Yeah. No, I went and watched and supported. Oh. I like really had to be there to just. Okay. But it wasn't like an open mic. It was a planned show. So I gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I had I had to go and just. Yeah. Revel in that moment. <laughs> I don't know if we're foreshadowing to any sort of discussion. But. Yeah, I mean, I think we are. Uh, it's, do people ask you if you're going to do comedy still? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah especially um, lately yeah. <laughs> after things went down. Um, I certainly think I could probably get back into it, but I don't know. I, I'm somebody that I really need to feel like comfortable and like I have a community. So yeah. I didn't do it for a while because I didn't really feel like I had that. But lately now I've reached a lot of people in Minneapolis, a lot of comics have reached out to me and I've become friends with them on Facebook. And so I'm feeling a bit more comfortable in that scene. So it's definitely a possibility in the near future, awesome. but like life's weird right now and I don't I really want to go to Mike. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, just for a long time, I didn't have any desire to like write anything or I didn't even feel that inspired to write anything. Yeah. And, I, and just, I think it's weird right now too. Like, what do you write about? Yeah. Like a lot of people are just, well, I guess there's funny stories from right. being at home and if people work from home and all that. Yeah. But I think with the way the world is right now, it's like so many hard things. It's like, how do you even joke about some of those yeah. things? No, and some comics are doing a really good job with it. Like I said, yeah. I went to Sisyphus the other night and there was some really good sets with jokes about <laughs> quarantine life and things like yeah. that. But for me, a lot of my comedy was about like being i don't even remember what my comedy was about to be honest <laughs> i know several jokes are about like being out and like doing things with people so um that's just not really a thing yeah. also i was very single when i was a comedian <laughs> like when i was doing comedy and i'm in a very healthy happy relationship now so it's harder i don't know how you do it <laughs> Do you mean just because you had time to go out and do that stuff? Or? Well, I was just having so many weird, hilarious experiences oh. with like dating and yeah. things like that, which are just so relatable and just funny. I and I have like train wreck stories and things. And sometimes it's like, do I even really want to talk about it? Because it's just in the past. But I'll definitely yeah. like still use some of that experience to write stuff. But it's harder to make jokes when you're like <laughs> about your like relationship I know. and stuff when it's really good. So I don't know. Do you make jokes about me? I can't remember. Dude, yeah. <laughs> so even a, come on now. It's in kids. I think it helps uh, when there's that, kids. That oh, joke yeah. when you burp and you go, you put your. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's all kinds of stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. It'll come. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm, I'm Because you guys are moving in with each other. We're moving in together. Yeah, that's going to. That's, that's when you get all the fun stories. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I met him. Almost exactly a year ago. Wow. So, like, it was like August 11th. It was a Sunday in St. Cloud. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you meet? Uh, at a show. He was oh. in a band, and it's really funny. I feel like I manifested it, and I tell him this all the time. Like, you know, it was all me. <laughs> because um, I had heard of this band 
Taco House. Check them out <gasps> on Spotify. Nice. <laughs> Insert clip here. <laughs> um, but I had discovered his band through friends because I have a lot of friends in the music scene yeah, yeah. in St. Cloud and stuff. And I was like, this is a really good band. And I watched some videos of like behind the scenes of their music video. And I was like, that guy's really cute. That guy's really funny. Oh my gosh, he's really funny. Did he just make a Game of Thrones reference? I need to meet this guy. And a bunch of my friends were going to a show. It was actually um, my friend Levi's birthday show. And I was like, I'm going to go there and I'm just going to like meet him and just be cute. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. It took me the entire show and like a lot of whiskey gingers at the time to like work up the courage to say anything. At the very end of the show, I went up and he was like talking to my friend. I was like, this is a good moment to like talk to my friend. And I just swooped in. and I was like, I like your tattoo. He's a My Chemical Romance tattoo. (gasps) That was it. Uh huh. Yeah, they're my favorite band, yeah. like hands down, 100%. And I was like, like your tattoo, I really liked your show. Can I carry your amp for you? <laughs> it's like carrying the watermelon in Dirty Dancing, but yeah. it was the amp. <laughs> yep, I carried his amp. And he's like, sure. And I carried it out to the um, to the Jeep or whatever. And then he added me on Facebook that night. And then we like flirted online for a few months. And then finally I was like, do you want to go to a comedy show with me? And I took him to Bullshorn, and the rest is history. That so. is a beautiful story. I love, I love that story. Yeah. yeah, I forgot you were an MCR fan. Oh, huge! huge. Did like, you get tickets to? Yes, yeah. I did. Aren't it was you the one of the most... ones where you guys got tickets, but you're all sitting in different places? Yeah, it was probably the I'd say top three most stressful moments of my life. I was sitting MCR online, tickets. refresh, 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 refresh. Oh my God, and like got on logged in early to get in line and mm-hmm. there was you see and it tells you how many people are ahead of you and you're like i'm not getting tickets i was so optimistic about it too i was like the excel energy center is huge that's what i thought because i'm like we've seen these bands at like yeah. first avenue we name you know all mm-hmm. these smaller venues where i'm like excel energy it's i mean we're all gonna get tickets mm-hmm. well and there's usually a, like all of the shows that we went to at excel there's always a fuckload of seats open mm-hmm. yeah. like they never fill it out yeah yeah so for but I think we all, everybody kind of knew that that was going to happen. I didn't. As, I was, I've oh, never, really? I've never been to like an XL Chris, show. The biggest show I've ever been to. I mean, I've been to like Bonnaroo festivals, but yeah. mm-hmm. I've never been to a stadium show. It's always been like smaller venues. Say when saw Blink-182 at XL. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I feel like they're more mainstream than well, what yeah. MCR is. And then. I think, you know why I thought, I guess I, so I kind of had heard rumblings because I have friends in LA who are journalists and photographers and they had um they had done all of this extra work just to get a ticket not not able to shoot the show not able to do any interviews or anything but the amount of things that they had to do just to get into the show mm-hmm. um but i, felt, I, so I thought I those kinda, shows in la were a lot smaller those weren't stadium shows yeah, those are like yeah right but theater shows what i'm trying to say is like normally comping tickets is a fairly straightforward process, especially for these individuals. So if if they're making it that difficult for the people who normally are in there to promote things and like help mm-hmm. get the word out and stuff like that, then it oh. just made me feel like it's yeah, going to be I, don't, I thought harder. we were fine. But Chris is like, no, those tickets are going to go fast. You're not even going to get tickets. And I'm like, well, don't talk yeah. to me. That's right. I kept saying, don't don't be bummed out if we don't get the tickets. Yeah. I kind of yeah. wish someone had been telling me that because I was just, I was not prepared, oh, prepared. at all. And well, I think it's because like that that year. So yeah, when we bought the tickets, it was like Ali Wong. Mm-hmm. I'm buying tickets for her. 
one other comic. I'm not going to say his name anymore because he's... <laughs> no, that's fine. Chris D'Elia. Chris D'Elia. And Tom Segura. It's like I had to log on early to get decent seats to those shows. So I'm like, yeah, but it's my chemical romance. Like, we'll, we'll get floor seats. It'll be fine. And it's like, holy... The floor seats are the ones that people want in this case, right? Yeah. Like in the yeah. pit. Yeah. And those they're expensive, gone. too. Yeah. Well, I looked and I <laughs> saw the the that's the thing i know we're just sitting here complaining about the (laughs) process but (laughs) i was expecting like okay 75 dollars 95 dollars for a ticket i did not realize there was this what's it called i don't know like yes i didn't know that either that would ticket master yeah it was super super fucked up because i found i when i originally got on i found two seats together i was like fuck yes and they were like $400 $400 each and I'm like Jesus I literally don't have that like there's no way so, so. they do it based on demand so, yep yep and Ticketmaster can raise their prices mm-hmm. based on the demand of how many people want yeah. so you didn't know that oh no. yeah because so the tickets up. were originally pretty reasonably yeah, priced I and all of a sudden the, the more people mm-hmm. logged on and I'm like I automatically thought those were resale tickets. I thought people had bought them and now they're trying to resell them right away. I'm like, that's why people are selling them for that. And no, when you look into it, when you click on whatever the stupid button was, it is, yeah, if Ticketmaster notices there's a huge demand for these tickets, they will increase the prices significantly. Yeah. So it was really Holy expensive shit. to get two seats together. Um, and yeah, by the time I was on, I also made a huge mistake and tried getting in line on my phone and on my computer oh. and it wouldn't let me do that and so I was oh. only on my phone which sucks because if you have to, the same login yeah yeah. so I had to do it end up doing it on my phone which is really oh. hard to like zoom in and, and you out you can't look at where the seats uh-huh. are and, and so that was really frustrating and I wish I had been on my computer to like see the whole because yeah. then at least if you then you can see what the seats look like too if you click on the seats yeah so. and so I was just literally like scrolling around I had no idea where I was oh. and then finally I found like three seats in the same section that were like a couple hundred bucks each. I think I ended up paying like five fifty for three tickets altogether. I think we paid yeah four hundred for two tickets. It's just insane. So we're like in the same section, but I, I have a feeling this happened to a lot of people. And when we go, everyone will just kind of like yeah move themselves around. And people in the are section. pretty, and I feel like especially fans of these type of bands were so like I can't even hold people's hand next to me and we've been waiting for this for years I never got to see them live really I saw them at Taste of Chaos Mm. with the used (laughs) and Bert and Gerard kissed each other oh my god that makes my little emo teenage heart yeah it was beautiful I was like and I was in love with Bert McCracken at the time and the friends I was with they're like do you see that he kissed another guy I'm like I don't care I love Bert (laughs) And you're 23? I'm 27. Really? <laughs> yes. Oh, I thought you were a lot younger for some reason. No, it's because I look so youthful. <laughs> I was say, what, what kind of cream do you use? <laughs> Lots of lotions. Um, goat lotion. Goat lotion. Yes. Yeah. Good for the skin, good for the soul. Yeah, straight from the teeth to your skin. But it is when you haven't seen a band, though. Like, Chris has never seen them either. It's like, okay, I got to think of how much I would pay for these tickets. And plus, they haven't been together for how long? Mm -hmm. And they might not, you know, this might be it. Yep. Who knows? So that's probably why it just blew up so much. It's so crazy. Yeah. Well, I I mean, the mythos of MCR has been played up so much over the, I mean, like the last five years. They've they've kept teasing in this way, and um, even the ten year anniversary yeah, scandal. Yeah. Oh yep. my god! 
10 year anniversary scandal um and then when they started making all of these like cryptic videos and posts oh, I knew and something was coming yeah yeah but well and there were only a couple of band members that even knew shit was going to happen like the rest of them were kind of like you know we talk about it every now and then and maybe something happens maybe not either way we're all still doing shit so no mm-hmm. big deal but um i want to say it was Gerard and Mike, Mikey, yeah, were uh, <laughs> were the like the ones spearheading the, the the plan, and then they were like, "Yeah, we're fucking doing this," and everybody was like, "Hell yeah!" Yeah, we're as soon game. as they started <laughs> dropping those like cryptic teasers and stuff, I knew I was like, "They're not gonna make the same mistake they did in 2010 when they <laughs> dropped this really cryptic video," and everyone's like reunion tour reunion tour and i was like so excited and they're like we're so glad you guys are excited but we're just like re-releasing the album with some new tracks and merch and everyone's like are you fucking kidding me like i knew they weren't gonna make that same mistake twice so i uh, so the last album that they did did you enjoy it uh the uh danger days yeah I did. It's definitely different. My boyfriend is way more into it than I am. Mm. I'm definitely like a Black Parade, Three Cheers kind of stand. But um, I appreciate it for what it is, and I do enjoy listening to it. It's just usually when I'm like in the mood for MCR, I'm going to probably skip that one. I've never got to have this conversation with somebody. But for (laughs) me, Danger Days Mm -hmm. was so clearly influenced uh, by, uh, is it, who's the lead singer of Dream Day? Oh, Billy Joe. Billy Joe. Really? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's as far as the musical styling. Yeah, and I've the, never made that connection. Well, so when you look at like the outfits that they were wearing, mm-hmm. the changes in in wardrobe and hair color and all of these things, was the same time that Billy Joe and Gerard had become friends, and that was one of Burt McCracken's big gripes was that Billy Joe was having this massive influence on Gerard. And he was like, dude, fuck that. You guys were doing great without him. You don't need to be doing this shit. Burt was and Burt's he's pretty knowledgeable dude. Yeah. (laughs) And you think about it, nobody's buying danger day shirts. They're all buying black parade shirts. I'm definitely buying Danger Day shirts for my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be like, wait, hold up. <laughs> He's going to be listening to this like, ah, no, 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 no. But I mean, like overall, people, when it comes to their nostalgia, it's, it's black parade. Absolutely. It's three cheers. It's, yeah. And yeah. So, and that's when like another divide happened was people were like, well, we're used fans just as much as we are my Chemical Romance fans. And if Bert thinks you're selling out. See, I never heard of that stuff. Maybe really? I was I was not a used like I listened to their singles and stuff on, you know, uh-huh. Fuse and whatnot. See, but, but and I would I know you guys are big MCR, but I would choose the used yeah. over MCR. I mean, that's understandable. Like, yeah, everyone's fine. got their 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 band, you know. Yeah. But um, yeah. so I, feel I like, guess I, I feel like they even if it's the wrong band, everyone has their band. <laughs> yeah. <and> <laughs> Chris isn't a big Hughes fan. Not I like mean, I am. I like him. Yeah. It's just if I had I was choose. in their music video. What? Yeah. Was it like a fan one when you were? Yeah, there? yeah. Okay. You know, like the frontline workers and all that. You submit a video, and I got to be in it right after Bert and his family, me and the kids. Yep, I had That's the cool. idea of Kim coming out of the car, and then the kids running up in slow motion and hugging me. And Aww. I nailed it. I'm and they so nailed it, and they didn't slow mo. It was a p- really cool part of the song. I'm too. so fucking good. At Please what send I do. that link to me because I, I don't. I don't know if I saw that. I'm sure you posted it on Facebook. I but did, but I'll send everything it to you. is buried these days. I know. <laughs> I did realize that the other night on Facebook, it's like, I like I have to when you click 
I'm in a lot of stupid groups too. Like mm-hmm. an, I'm in a lot of Aldi groups because I like Aldi a lot. So it's like <laughs> I see all that stuff or Instant Pot stuff. When you click on most recent, it's like, where are my friends at in here? Like if I want to go look at group stuff, I'll click on there. But I just want to see my friend stuff. And it's like this. I see like the same maybe six people stuff. Yeah. It like pops up in my notifications. Like this person posted a new picture. It's like, well, cool. But I want to know about everybody yeah. else. Yeah, I yeah. pretty much at this point, I only see about the same six people. And they're not even people that I like would consider close friends anymore they're just people that share memes that i like sometimes oh so you maybe interact with that one like like the the memes and now all i see is them (laughs) well another crazy thing like so uh my my friend riley uh apparently shares a bunch of like lewd stuff or like why do i see all this lewd that's what i was gonna say was so weird is i only see his written posts i don't see any photos that he shares why you don't see those photos no offense riley (laughs) he knows he's gross but you post really gross stuff (laughs) he put i did see because a mutual friend commented on one that he shared where like if you keep heart reacting then this is gonna be us and it was some dude with his face uh buried in in his girlfriend's uh buttocks and uh (laughs) And b- but the guy Twitter. had a the guy had a bowl cut, <laughs> and uh, and so somebody commented, "You're gonna get a bowl cut then." <laughs> and so that's the only one that I saw. But I just have to keep reminding myself he's way younger than us. Yeah, he is younger than us. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, speaking of being young, you like Rugrats? I love Rugrats. <laughs> that was my favorite show growing up. Was, was it really? A hundred percent. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, I was just, I've been packing um, lately because I'm moving in September and I have all these old VHSs and I've got Rugrats in Paris. Was uh, it the Rugrats movie that was orange? Yeah, both of like, There's two of them, I think. The Rugrats in Paris and then there's the Rugrats, I think just the Rugrats movie. Is that the one where they go, they, they run into the, the thornberries or is that a, a third one? Oh, that's right. That's maybe Rugrats Wild. I don't know. There were crossovers. Wow, I, for, I completely forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, but anyway, I've got two Rugrats OG VHSs. Hell yeah. I need a VCR if you guys have one that you're not using. I don't. <laughs> I don't think we do. No. They're kind of hard to find because they actually burn out after a while. So Yeah. If you don't clean the heads. Mm-hmm. I'm very familiar with that uh, VHS <laughs> tape. Say, wow, that's really nerdy. I have like all the old Disney movies. <gasps> like, um, my mom had those. like yeah, my mom had a box of it and she's, she like texted me and my brother and she's like, I'm like cleaning stuff out. Do you guys want these? And I'm like, yeah, you're not throwing those away. They're that's my entire childhood. Big money later too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dude, okay, this is perfect. Because now <laughs> movies. Yes, I want to jump into movies. <laughs> we came back around. See, Fantastic. everything just naturally finds a way, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, it was pretty random me to say, do you like Rugrats? But it, was good. it worked. That you was true. <laughs> yeah. Love Rugrats. But, Who's your okay. favorite Rugrat? My favorite? It's got to be Chucky. Yeah. I do like Chucky. I was a huge fan of Angelica when I was a kid because I was a little brat. <gasps> and my that's... mom and dad used to call me Angelica, but there's just something about her. I like her character arc. That's so She knows funny. what she wants yeah. and she goes for it. Yeah. Hell and yeah. she doesn't let anyone get in her way. And she still helps out the babies even though yeah. she doesn't really like them or tolerate them. That's like, true. She's still on their side. She's going to save them at the end of the day. Yes. She's a very complex character. She's not just a villain. That's yeah. such not a, a good girl. That's yeah. such a good like model for feminism. <laughs> Is like men are babies and we're gonna tolerate them. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> At the end of the day, if you're in trouble, we'll we'll help you because we know how to. Yeah. But you're all just a bunch of dumb babies. Dumb babies. <laughs> um, okay, so now do do you still work for a movie theater? So I'm 
furloughed at the moment because of COVID for right. Marcus Theaters, but I guess I'm still like as soon as they reopen, like I'm still an employee there. I've been working for them for five years, so yeah. Yeah. Now, w- was it your love of movies that brought you there, or was it just a job opening? Partially. Um, in college is when I kind of discovered my love. I was always a book reader growing up, like oh. a huge book nerd. I was always like, the books are always better than the movies, kind of <laughs> like I was that kid. Well, and then when I went to college and had to read, had to read, I got sick of reading oh. <laughs> and discovered documentary filmmaking and got really into like learning things that way, which then just got me into cinematography, which got me into screen play writing I just became a huge film nerd and then I dated some jerk who was a huge film buff too so he just kind of like exploded there um, a lot of them seem to be assholes they really are they it's, really are. It's very <laughs> odd. pretentious is yeah. that the word yeah yeah well anyway I you know we, we had a great time watching movies together because <laughs> you didn't talk then <laughs> <laughs> yeah but um so that yeah, I was it was right after college, and I knew I had to get out of my college town, and um, I was just looking for jobs, and I think I just came across like assistant manager of a movie theater, and I did not have any management experience. I'd worked in customer service since high school, but I was like, I'm just gonna go for it because I love movies, and it'd be kind of cool to work in a theater. Yeah, uh, I drove all the way from St. Peter, Minnesota, all the way up to St. Cloud. Wow, it was like a. Pff- two-hour drive or something yeah for a 10-minute interview and my boss to this day i still give him shit about it i'm like i got all dressed up i drove two hours in the morning and you interviewed me for like 10 minutes and he hired me like on the spot wow <laughs> which is really cool yeah like, that he is really very, cool he's still like the the best boss i've ever had shout out ben um <laughs> but yeah he was just like i just he said in the interview like i feel like i have a pretty good read on people and i think you'd be a good fit and i was like Aww. okay yeah and so i'm like really thankful that he gave me a chance and like just believed that i had the skills to be good at that job and yeah i really feel like i do like i love that job a lot it's been hard to leave even though it doesn't always pay the best yeah the perks are nice obviously when i lived in st cloud i was seeing movies three times a week you know now it's a little further away so it's harder to do that I'm trying to think of how to word this what film like would you say was the biggest letdown that like you were so excited to see and you knew that it was coming and and it ended up hitting oh theaters gosh. and you got to see it and you're like what the fuck crossroads the britney spears movie yeah <laughs> <laughs> i just <laughs> You gotta, you gotta throw these at me in advance because I'm one of those people that's like I have to give the perfect answer and I have to sit here and think about it for like five minutes. I actually, so this is a weird nerd thing. Um, in 2018, I started writing down every new movie I saw. Oh, so every time I saw a new movie, I'd add it to the list, and I have a goal of hitting 100 new movies every year. So it's like every third day you'd have to almost see a new movie. Mm-hmm. Wow, pretty much. Yeah. There, yeah. There's a there's a um a website that works like a, a journal for movies. Mm-hmm. So every time you see a movie and it, it makes it so you can give like a star rating and then take notes and fuck, I wish I could remember what it was called. Um, yeah, but that I'm just going to scroll through and see if there's one. And it's, it didn't have to be like a brand new movie. It just had to be new to me. So even if it was like the first oh, time I'd ever seen okay. it. So yeah, yeah. I didn't have to go to the theater three times a week. I could just sit at home and watch movies. I don't, here's the thing. I I don't let going in with big expectations. Yeah. Cause then because, you yeah, do get you let do down. Get let down. Yeah. Um, but there's some that just fill you, your heart in a way that you're like, Oh man, this, this makes me feel a certain way before it even happens. Well, you obviously yeah. have one on your mind. <laughs> Tell me what yeah, yours is. You, yeah. You, you do it first. I would, like <laughs> the first one that comes to mind 
would be um, Artemis Fowl. Hmm. Um, is that a movie? Did yeah, that they made it out? a movie. Mm-hmm. So it's on Disney Plus. Oh, I was gonna say I, I remember seeing posters in my theater of it. But so like they probably released three it, years ago. They kept it's it, so it's just very odd. Like there's a lot of it that's really fun, and it's deep from the perspective of a kid. Like I imagine if I was like 12 and I saw this for the first time. I would be like, holy shit, there's a this big, beautiful world and there's all of these um, nuances to it. But the way that they should have done it, they didn't do it. And so it's it was really a huge bummer. Definitely, I would, I would say uh, books or movies that are based on books have have that kind of like th- hurdle. To, fantastic I think, to go Beasts. Over. But that was like a spinoff of the books. It's different. I guess. I'm saying like movies that are literally based on an actual book. I think they have this hurdle to like jump over of people who are already hyped. They're coming uh, to the movie because of the book. Yes. They have to appeal to those people as well as to people who have never read the books. And that is a really hard thing to do in filmmaking because books are written different than scripts are. And Absolutely. you have to, I remember getting so mad when I was a kid that they would move plot plot points around mm-hmm. like uh, in Lemony Snicket, the series oh, of unfortunate yeah. events. My favorite series as a kid, I mean, I literally have a tattoo. <gasps> That's awesome. I have the VFD tattoo. Like I, my, they're still my favorite book series. I remember seeing the movie in theaters. Well, that's one I could say I was so hyped about it yeah, when I was yeah. a kid. I went with my mom and my brother. I'm like, this is my favorite. Like, and they like flipped the last two books around, or they they mm-hmm. moved the ending of the first book to the ending of the movie, yeah. and they did the first three books. And they moved it all around, and I was like, this is all wrong. This is totally wrong. This isn't how it worked, and I was so angry about it. But then I went back and rewatched it again as an adult who's now into film and understands, you know, the yeah, anatomy yeah. of a script, basically. Yeah. I totally understand why they did it. Like, it just makes sense for the plot yeah. line for them to move it around like that. Dude, so. and Jim Carrey. He was great. Oh, my God. And so many people, like, actually shit on that movie a lot, but it's a good movie. <laughs> it's yeah. really good. Well, and did, um, who's in it? Um, Meryl Streep. Yeah. As the aunt. So fantastic. Like, she's really great. And that, that, uh, that. That Scottish actor who was in Boondock Saints plays their, the, herpeto- the herpetologist. Junior, what have I told you about this? She thinks I'm a tree, you know. But he has such a beautiful way of talking to the children. <laughs> Come around, children. I'll play your song. Did uh, you watch the Netflix series of it? Yes. Yeah, we can nerd out about that, too. Oh, I, I loved it. They did so well. God damn it. It was so good. Mm-hmm. I just kind of wish Meryl Streep had been the aunt. I didn't. Yes. I, that actress was great. I don't know her name. She's a fam- fabulous actress. But that character needed to be really meek and, like, timid. But that actress, is so, she has such yeah. a powerful, like, aura. You can tell she plays really strong characters. And it just wasn't, like, believable to me that she would play Aunt Josephine. So yeah, that's my gripe there. But... I figured out what movie I was like super hyped to see and super let down. And people are going to disagree with me on this one. It was Hereditary. Oh. Hated it. I was going to ask you about who's the, the director for that. Oh, my God. Because they, they did um, Midsummer, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. I own Midsummer. I bought Midsummer on Blu-ray. I wasn't disappointed by that one. But the thing is, I went into Midsummer knowing it was the same Ari. Is it Ari something? Ari yeah. Aster? Is it, if it's Ari Aster, I'm going to feel really good. <laughs> um, I was going to say, damn, you guys are dropping some names. I'm getting really movies. good at it. I knew I had to start because people would be like, well, you know, this actor and this director. And like, I'm like, I got to start memorizing yeah. names to keep up. <laughs> it's Ari Aster. Yeah. <laughs> A plus gold star. Um, I just wasn't 
happy with Hereditary, so I went into Midsummer being like, eh, but I liked it better. Well, um, I heard a big gripe with Hereditary, which I can't see. I'm, I'm, I can't do horror movies, oh, really? especially when they, they. But you're covered are in so, tattoos. <laughs> they, they do such a good job of giving you that anxiety. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's horror movies where it's like you get scared. And then there's the anxiety when they stretch certain things out and you're like, just make it happen See, already. Those are the ones I like. I don't like jump scare movies uh-huh. like the the big box. Like, OK, I like the paranormal activity. Those are fun to me because I like the found footage aspect. That's exciting. But like the the conjuring series and things like that, yeah. that's all like everything's I I know what's coming and yeah. it's just going to jump but out it, and scare in that me. Sense, it's, Chris it's like fast un- forward. So it. <laughs> It's He'll fast un- forward. It's really? uh, it's unbelievable in that sense, yeah. right? So you're like, okay, you can't you can't imagine what that person is feeling. But directors like Hereditary and like even actually with it, the stre- the stretching mm-hmm. because you hear their breathing, you hear their heartbeat, like the, the scratching, music. like oh they just and so you're like. <laughs> I I I get so candies. involved in movies mm-hmm. that like World War Z, even though it's not like the best movie, um, the the dynamic of a father trying to protect his family gave me so much anxiety. You had oh, nightmares really? for weeks. Oh wow! About trying to well, save not the weeks th- for <laughs> three days. Three days. <laughs> it felt like weeks. It was it was rough because he um. A little bit of zombie juice falls into his mouth mm. and he goes and stands at the edge of a building and is counting to 10 and the wife's like what are you doing so he's like something got in my mouth and he's prepared to just fall off this building spoiler alert to, to protect his fa- oh that's so small <laughs> to protect his family he's willing to fall off this building in mm-hmm. case he turns into one of these zombies and there was little things like that in the movie that you're like, oh, fuck, dude. Like, that's. You get really emotionally attached yeah. to the characters. Chris does, yeah. I do. Well, but, know, that's but good. Please, sorry, I went on a tangent. Go but further into Hereditary. Oh, I guess my main gripe was the pacing of the movie. The first third of the movie, I was buckled in. I was so in, like, I did not see some of those. I'm not going to spoiler alert things because I think you should watch it. It's worth a watch. But the first third of the movie is gripping and like I was so excited and everything was going really well. Then the middle third was just so slow. And it's like, I don't know. I was, I was literally like, look, watch. Sorry. <laughs> Looking at my watch like, OK, when's the next like thing going to happen? And yeah, I think they were doing like the building, but it was like not anxiety inducing enough, I think, oh, for me. Okay. And then the last third of the movie just like. All this shit happened. And I felt like they were playing catch up with a lot of the weird prophecy stuff that happened. And there were like books and like witchy things. And I was like, wait, what? And I felt like I was playing catch up with all this stuff that they could have talked about in the second third of the movie. And they all just like mushed it in the last third. And then all of a sudden there's like, I don't know. It was just too much. I will definitely give it another watch and like rewatch it and see what I think. But the whole like middle part of the movie i'm just like so rather than things rather than things clicking in the way that like um organically it's supposed to happen in a film it was all like just somebody tipped over the toy box and it all just came spilling out exactly 
first third did a great job setting everything up and making you like excited to find out what happens and like building the tension and like things coming out of nowhere and freaking you out and then it just was really really slow and then boom so yeah the pacing was really gotcha so kim duke which nicholas sparks was the biggest letdown for you (laughs) shut up (laughs) shut up (laughs) what movie was a letdown for you she already said it. What was it? The Britney Spears one. Crossroads. Oh, no. yeah, Crossroads. <laughs> I still love that movie. <laughs> Hashtag save Britney. Um, For real. We don't, let's not get into it. I know. <laughs> um, gosh. I'm trying to think because I feel like, let me go through my um, I am a big superhero movie fan. I, and are you I not so? I imagine not so much. Yeah. Yeah, people are always weird. They're like, you work at a movie theater. You like movies. You're not excited about the next Marvel movie. And I'm like, I appreciate their existence because it pays my bills. <laughs> like, yeah. They're yeah. the movies that bring in all the people. Um, I understand the hype about them. Like people have grown either grown up reading the comics. And so I, I understand that being a book lover and like when a new movie comes out, like, I get that. I get even the people that didn't read the comics and have just like watched the movies and get excited yeah. about it. I love that. And I love opening nights of like Marvel movies and um, Star Wars movies and, and things get like all that. Dressed up. People get dressed up. Like even like it's a Frozen movie, all these little girls running around in like Elsa costumes. Like I don't even really like kids, but seeing like little <laughs> three-year-old girls <laughs> running around in Elsa and Anna costumes, it's just fun and cute. Yeah. And like I like the excitement and I like events like that. It, I, it's fun to be a part of, even if I don't appreciate the actual media, yeah. because again, it's like, it's 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 I I could write those movies myself. Yeah. I feel like I mean if if someone gave me the comic book anyway, it just always feels so. I'd already know what's gonna happen. It's just big bangs and booms and funny sure. one liners, and then everyone is alive in the end. Like people I, were, cry- I was forced to go to what's the was it End Game or Infinity War? What's the first one? End Game. Infinity no, War and then Infinity Endgame. War, is yeah. Okay, I was forced to go to Infinity War uh, with my boyfriend at the time. Mm-hmm. I had literally only seen Deadpool. Guardians of the Galaxy. I think that's it. Like those are the okay. only two of the entire Marvel universe that I I, I knew about, like Iron Man and Captain uh-huh. America and things like that. But anyway, I went to the movie and like people were like crying, and I'm just like, they're obviously not all gonna die. <laughs> like I don't know. It was just yeah, yeah. Eh. I think because co- the way that comic books work, it's there's a lot of what if stories, mm-hmm. and so there will be these uh, like five-part series of what if uh, Dr. Octopus got the powers of Mm Spider-Man. So they'll just do random shit like that. And so you like just have to go, okay, it's um, they call it retcon. They're like Mm -hmm. reconstructing the the universe or whatever. So you're going, okay, for this, I'm going to imagine that this is what's happening. Yeah. And so like that Spider-Man moment, which if you haven't seen it, you're fucking out of your mind. But spider-man dies Mm -hmm. in that and for me like it was the 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 relationship between tony and this kid Mm -hmm. and that this kid that he didn't want to have to be on the front line of these things and watching that kid feel like he let tony down Mm -hmm. in this this really dramatic way like i i cried like a baby I, it was yeah. so <laughs> heartbreaking like, i think it's even a lot because you get so involved back, with characters too but, well like, but that's the, the thing so with the comic books the reason why i was saying like they do these like five off series 
it's for this for this story arc you've got to imagine that that that's the thing this is what's actually happening and then whatever happens afterwards it's what happens afterwards so it's like comic books do do that thing like with um time travel and uh um what's uh what what did jesus do reincarnation resurrected resurrected yeah there we go um resurrecting of characters and shit like that it always it does always happen but like trying that moment though yeah trying to do these in the and it's the same thing that i've started to do with kids movies like i look at like moana the fact that she didn't have a love interest her love was for her family and like the importance that that means for kids later on Mm -hmm. rather than pretending prince charming they're pretending to merida she exactly. Didn't have a, she just wanted to mend her relationship with her mom. So that's yeah. Could these you see beautiful. Onward? Yes. yes. So cute. That's Bald, yeah. Like that too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's kind of a love interest, but not really. The story is about wanting a father figure and realizing yes. you don't need a father to have that in your life. Yeah. Like, it's so cute. Yeah. I did. I did Disney is killing it. <laughs> Disney is killing it. Mm-hmm. For their princess, like even Elsa, she's a, she doesn't need a man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so I just I love the way that they're doing kids movies now mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where it doesn't have to be you meet someone and then immediately fall in love. That's You're willing such a to psycho. give up your fins and leave your family just for some guy that you saw on a boat. <laughs> Maybe that's like, why I liked Alice in Wonderland so much as a kid. Oh. That was one of my favorite movies growing yeah. up. I didn't have any of that in it. It was just yeah, like weird that's bonkers. True. That's probably yeah. why I'm really messed up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I named my cat Alice when I was like three or four. I was a little boy cat. I, mean, I named him Alice. Love yeah. that movie. Dude, that's so awesome. Okay. So. I couldn't think of a movie. I did think okay. Trolls 2. Trolls 2. <laughs> I did not like Trolls 2. I'm sorry. But it that's wasn't like hilarious. I looked forward to it and then it was this huge letdown. I just. I didn't like it. I like that you chose really a kids funny. movie. Yeah. I know. Because <laughs> that's all I like looking through our purchases. It's all kids movies because that's all we watch. What about The Joker? I loved that movie. I didn't think it was a big letdown. God, I fucking loved it. Okay. With, I thought you were about to say, gosh. With Joaquin Phoenix. Gosh. I enjoyed it. My boyfriend loved it. Of yeah. Course, I think because of the mental health aspect, yeah. anything we're with any mental that. health things in it, like big, like my top five movies, all like Girl Interrupted is one of my top five favorite movies. Well, the, the best line in that movie is, um, why is it that people expect individuals with mental health issues to act like they don't have mental health issues Mm -hmm. that was such a big thing because it's so true in society like i I couldn't believe whoever wrote that is that's such a an accurate depiction of the way that mental health is treated it's how can we help you so that you look like everyone else from Mm -hmm. now on we want to feel comfortable around you. Yes. What can yes, we yes. do to make you me are, feel comfortable? Yeah. Because yep. when we see you having these hallucinations, it makes me feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Well, not even hallucinations. The well, I mean, fact just in general. Like, why, just, why, why is, you know, Steve sitting by himself when we're all over here playing a game? Like, how come he can't just come? I know you don't like it or you're sad about something, but just can you just sit here and just mm-hmm. be quiet? it makes us uncomfortable seeing yeah. you over there. Wow, Chris is going deep this episode. Oh yeah, no, I, that was I, I. I guess I, I like d- my movies like I like my coffee. <laughs> deep, deep. <laughs> I'm really excited about this list I came. Yes, with. I was oh, just oh, gonna wait. bring that up. I have to pee. Oh, go ahead, go pee. Cut. <laughs> Cut for time.
We have we have bla- children. I have a bladder of steel. When I was Bladder a kid, I used steel. to yeah, I used to go duck hunting with my dad. Sorry. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I was a big, I was a bloodthirsty child. No shit. Yeah, I deer hunted, duck hunted. I think I went pheasant hunting, but I don't think I've ever caught a fe- or caught <laughs> shot a pheasant. Uh, but, but you've shot a deer before? Two. Wow. Yeah. I still like I haven't even held a gun in like years, but I grew up with, around that stuff. I still have a bloodlust for a turkey. Like I want to shoot a turkey, and I think it's because I love tur- like I love eating turkey <laughs> yeah, so much. Yeah. It's one of my favorite meats. So th- that's like the one animal I have not yet gotten myself that I really still want to get. So if anyone wow. wants to take me turkey hunting, there's a shit ton around here. When I drove here, I saw Did a mama the and a dad and a little baby turkey. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Dude, I haven't told Kim this, but I do a really good turkey impression too. Really? Okay. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, let's do a scene where we're at. Oh, a, I just did. I blew we're my load. A, we're at a bar. <laughs> okay. And uh, you're gonna order a drink in in Turkey. No, I just just do okay. That. Ready? Yeah. Okay. Are you the bartender? Yep. Hi, uh, ma'am. Can I get you anything to drink? Yeah, uh, I would like a. <laughs> Lena just came out of his room. He goes, "What noise was that?" I go, "What?" He goes, "What?" I'm like, "I don't know. I didn't hear anything." Yeah, I was showing off my turkey, my turkey goblin skills. Oh, but back to my bladder of steel. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, duck hunting. Um, it, you're out in a marsh, and you know, uh, without a penis, it's you gotta sure. pretty much take your pants off. But I mean, like these. Oh, waiters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you so it's know, a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And there's really no trees to hide behind. It's just kind of like marshy grass. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's I'm the only little girl. Like I'm like a 14 year old sure. with all these older dudes like my dad and his yeah, buddies. And like, I, got I it. just am like, I don't really want to pee here. So it's either hold it forever or <laughs> like yeah, go well, drop trow and some guy might walk in on you. So I, yeah, I have a bladder of steel. Well, you don't want a tick on your hoo-ha either. I don't know if there's ticks in like marshes. marshes. Like we're literally in like a pond. Oh, snakes! Yeah. Just kidding. There's nothing either. Yeah, that would not be good. The first snakes goose I ever shot almost landed on me. Holy shit! Yeah, it was like right in there. It landed like five feet behind me. <laughs> My dog was like, "Cool, I don't have to go." Get <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Okay, so I had uh, messaged Mackenzie uh, earlier this week, oh, and by earlier I mean like two days then. ago. Like two days ago. Yeah. <laughs> Of the top five movies to watch in a pandy. Yeah, and that's kind of <gasps> all he gave me. And I was like, is it, should it be like pandemic related movies? Is it like my top five favorite movies? And he's like, do whatever you want. Yeah, he's <laughs> great like, with direction, isn't he? So I was like, I'm just going to talk about movies, a couple of movies that have recently gotten me hyped that I've been excited about, or some like longtime faves that I've never heard anyone talk about. You can, you can pull that mic down a little bit. Is it if, too if high that... up? Okay. So five films you need to watch is literally what I titled it. We're going to start out with one that I just watched recently. I've been really excited that a lot of streaming services have been putting black stories up front Mm. and they've made them really accessible. Like there are a lot of movies about, you know, black characters are directed by black filmmakers. They're not available to stream or if they are, you've got to like search for them by name. They don't really pop up. So I really wanted to see Blind Spotting when I had first seen the trailer. Have you heard of this one? Uh -uh. I don't think I have. Blind Spotting. Um, I saw the trailer a long time ago. It came out in 2018. 
and I was like stoked to see it. It's basically about a black man who is on his last few days of probation after I think it was a felony or something. So he's been on probation for a long time. Um, it's just, like one of his last few days and he witnesses a white cop shoot and kill a black man and like how he deals with that. And it looked very serious. Um, so I was really excited to see it. And it wasn't available to stream anywhere. It didn't come out in my theater. So it was really disappointing. But it came out. I think it's on Prime, maybe. Okay. okay. Uh, and I was like, I got to watch this right now. And instead of being this, like, really gripping drama, it is a fucking hilarious, like, dark comedy. <gasps> it is so oh, funny. And comedy. it's David Diggs, who is now one of my top five celeb crushes. <laughs> I don't know if you guys watch Hamilton yet. No, we no. have not yet. <laughs> Gotta watch Hamilton too. It took me a while to get into it because I'm not like a rap and hip hop fan really at all. Really? Not, I'm just not. Um, but I really was excited to see Hamilton. Um, and it took me a few musical numbers to be like, okay, I'm into this. Because I was afraid I wasn't going to understand any of the words. Because with rap, sometimes it goes so fast, my brain doesn't catch yeah, up with I'm it. I'm the same. But they are so like... They made sure to dictate everything so well, like I could understand everything. Uh, articulate. Um, articulate. That's the word. Did I say dictate? <laughs> I like dictation. Diction. That's a word. Oh, ah, diction. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Dict- I'm pretty sure that word is correct. There's a couple different okay. ways to use dictate. Sure. Synonym, yeah. nonum, nonum. My, my brain went to dictatorship. <laughs> yep. That's what, okay. Articulate, now I gotcha. Dictate. I gotcha. I'm going to look that it's up. It's a later. blind spot. Um, <laughs> yes. So uh, David Diggs is in Hamilton. That's kind of where he kind of shot to fame, I think. And he is the main character in Blind Spotting. He is super camp and he's <laughs> really good. And he's a fantastic rapper. And there's a scene towards the end of the movie where he raps and it's actually like really emotional and <gasps> gripping and very good. Fucking hilarious. You have to watch it. That's awesome. So put that at the top of your list for sure. Boom. Blind spot. Boom. Um, speaking of David Diggs, the next one I'm going to say is um, Snowpiercer. Have you seen oh, Snowpiercer? Oh, is that yeah. the one with um, fucking Ryan? Uh, Chris Evans. Chris Evans, yes. Chris Evans is in it. So um, Parasite won Best Picture this last year at the Oscars. Um, Bong Joon-ho is the director. And he also directed Snowpiercer. But oh. that movie is fully in English. It came out in 2013. Um, Tilda Swinton's in it too. There's a lot of actual That's the, big names. The train, right? The train one. Yep. And they recently made a TV show about it, and David Diggs is the main character. Um, oh. I haven't seen it yet. I don't think it's available for streaming anywhere. It's like on TV. It hasn't been getting the greatest reviews because this movie is so weird and dark and quirky. This director is such a visionary. He is so That's good. So yeah. interesting. The entire movie takes place on this train and it's after the apocalypse and like everyone who's still alive on Earth basically gets put into this train. And, you know, it's all about class. Like everyone at the very back of the train, they live in just like filth. And the further up the train you go, it's like people are living in like the higher class society and whatnot. So it's about um, the lower class basically storming through to get to the front of the train so um and tilda swinton's in it and she's just fucking fantastic um i'm kind of glad they put like a face like chris evans um in it to get people more interested in it but they didn't need him i think in a filmmaking aspect the whole thing moves from like left to right constantly because they're moving up the train it's really dark and like gory but also funny too so good that's so interesting when i saw that trailer i was like this the the fact that Chris Evans was in it, I was like, oh, it's just going to be some it turned shit. turned you off, actually. At, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it, I love Tilda Swinton, though. Mm-hmm. She's like my, like 
as far as androgynous individuals go, mm-hmm. the top, top of my list. She's just the fucking best. Yeah. Ever since Constantine, um, she just, in my book, can do no wrong. She's a force. I fucking love her. I will watch anything with Tilda That's Swinton. interesting, though. I'm going to have to check that out now. Yeah. So I, I thought like a lot of people had seen it, but I'm surprised you haven't because I think it's on Netflix. And it has been for it a is long on time. Ne- yeah. My parents were trying to get me to see it. And I was because I thought it was just going to be a, a, like a action, action movie. movie. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. No, well, it's one of those yeah. that like. Guess when you leave, we're gonna be stuck in bed watching movies all day. It, it <laughs> well, kinda, I gotta finish Umbrella Academy first. <laughs> it like kind of crawls into your psyche because the whole, honestly, the movie feels like a really weird bad dream because each new car car they go into is just this new weird world, and it feels like a dream, you know, when you're suddenly in a new place. Yeah, like you're dreaming about this weird situation, then boom, you're in a totally different environment. Like it's, it kind of feels like a weird nightmare like that. Wow, it's really good. I hope I did a good job explaining. Oh that. yeah, absolutely. I'm excited. Now. <laughs> I'm That's awesome. For it. Okay, um, a little more on the lighthearted side. Have you guys seen Booksmart yet? No, okay. no. Directed by Olivia Wilde. That one just came out last year in 2019. Love her. I had to throw like a, a female director on there because it's really actually sad how few there are that get you know mm-hmm. actually. <laughs> screen time in yeah. movie theaters so this one um we actually got in the theater for like a day or two and then it was gone which was stinky when i worked at the saint cloud theater we had 17 screens so we got a lot of the indie movies and it was awesome and now i work in the one in Shakopee that has 10 screens mm. so you pretty oh. much only get the big movies sure yeah. if we do get smaller um indie films it's only there for like a week so i did not get to see book smart in the theater because i just didn't have time to so it finally came out streaming and it's so funny it's about two high school girls that were overachievers like I was and they all got or the one girl got into really good college and then she found out that all the kids who like partied and did drugs and alcohol in um, school also got into good colleges and she's like did I just waste my high school years by oh. doing everything right when I could have just had fun and so it's like the night before graduation and it's just about their antics going to parties and stuff and the whole thing's goofy and like some people have called it like the um, super bad I w- uh, yeah, for girls. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I did see the trailer Which, for that. Yeah I can kind of see that but um, the whole thing's like far-fetched and kind of unbelievable but in a really funny way so it's a good fun light-hearted one if you want to see something goofy hell yeah that's awesome like that one a lot um and then another fun one that's also kind of okay taika watiti is very Mm. like buzzword right now he directed the thor movie ragnarok ragnarok yep thor ragnarok um jojo rabbit was recent jojo rabbit that's the one that i need to see yeah see that one that's not on my list but i'm just mentioning it okay i'm actually going to mention one of his earlier films called boy this one came out in 2010. Oh. Um, I think you have you could it's streaming, but you have to rent it. I actually just bought the Blu-ray because I loved it so much. But this is one of his first movies. He wrote, directed, and starred in it too. And like he's hilarious and should be in front of a camera always. Oh, yeah, he's so funny. What we do in the shadows. Yes. Oh have my you God. watched the TV show of it? No, I just as good. Oh, so fucking good. awesome! Add that. It's on Hulu. Add it to your list. It's what are we? Werewolves, not swearwolves. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Okay, so Boy is set in New Zealand, which is where he's from. So you get to listen to that crazy weird accent. I have to watch it with like subtitles. <laughs> but um, it's about uh, two young boys who were they're raised by their grandma. Their mom died, and their dad is just out of the picture. And Taika plays the father who just comes back one day with his gang of. He's just got out of jail and is basically like trying to kind of get back into their lives. And um, also, really, he's only there to dig up a bunch of money that he buried like when he was (laughs) running from the cops. So it's just it's about 
the two boys relationship with their father and it's funny but it's also very poignant and like dark and sad but it's there's a goat in it like <laughs> and it literally and the best part about this movie is it was 2010 and there's all these weird like it's not foreshadowing because i doubt that taika watiti knew he was gonna um he was gonna direct thor ragnarok or he was gonna write a movie called jojo rabbit but there yeah. are like little bits like they're almost like easter eggs in the movie where he talks about the Hulk and he talks about Nazis and I'm just like That's no so funny. way yeah because wow. he later on goes so it's it's a really fun I've watched it twice in the wow. past few months like really good oh well, that's awesome uh, boy not a lot of people remember this but he was in Green Lantern with Ryan Reynolds I never saw that one was he it sucked but <laughs> <laughs> it sucked it was not good but Ryan Reynolds is hilarious in it and mm-hmm. yeah Taika uh, he he plays like um. Like kind of a computer whiz mm-hmm. uh, in the film, but yeah, very funny. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, w- what that. was it called again? Boy, B O Y. That's the main character's name. Everyone's called him Boy. Hell yeah! So, uh, all right, the last one. Um, I was trying to find an older one because I realized all of these were from like the two thousands, and I'm like, eh, let's get some diversity in here. So, just kind of scrolling through Hulu, and I was so excited to find Waiting for Guffman on Hulu right now. Um, it is a mockumentary. Have you heard of Spinal Tap? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same, I believe the same producers as Spinal Tap. Um, they've done a few. They've done Waiting for Guffman, Spinal Tap, um, Best in Show. It's got like oh, Fred God. Willard. So this movie has Fred Willard, Eugene Levy, Catherine O'Hara, all the big names in the mockumentary world. And it's about <laughs> it's about a small town. It's their sesquicentennial and they're writing and producing a play. So it's about community theater. So if oh. anyone has ever been in any sort of community theater production or even high school theater, this is the funniest fucking movie. And this is the one I watched yesterday because I was like, I just need to rewatch this to remind myself how good it is. And I'm I'm almost positive this is the movie like started the audition montage like bit that oh, all the yeah, movies yeah, have. Yeah. Oh. I didn't research that. So if someone wants to fact check me, but it's just so good that it's like the closeted gay director who, you know, ends up having to fill in for a role because someone drops out at the last minute. Like literally those were things that happened in community theater when I was involved. Like that it's just so funny. And I don't know, Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara are both in um, Schitt's Creek right now. Isn't it Levy? It's Levy. It's Levy? Eugene Levy. I think so. Because Alex said that one the other of my day best too. friends' name is Rachel Levy. It's a very Jewish last name. Wow, I've been saying Le- Eugene Levy. I think it's Levy all my life, and I thought that was we it. Can, you want to look it up? You I, even, look it up? I okay. even made fun of Alex for saying Levy and made him look like a dum dum. All right, well, we're gonna make you look like a dum dum in a second. I hope so. I can call my friend Rachel real quick. I can do. It. I phone a friend. She's got the same last name. Can I do Did that? Did you look up how to pronounce it? I'd rather call my friend Rachel. <laughs> Except I'm just saying her full name out loud. For the- yeah, I was going to say. I don't know if she wants to be... Eugene Levy. <gasps> Eugene Levy. <laughs> yes! Well, what, yes! What if I call my friend Rachel and she says Levy? <laughs> Does she spell it the same? L-E-V-Y. See, his is L-E-A-V-Y. No, L-E- L-E-V-Y. Oh, he does? But they could have similar last names just pronounced That's true. Does it really matter? It at doesn't. At the end of the day. But I feel good. Cut it all out. <laughs> <laughs> but that, dude, best in show. Mm-hmm. Same, Jesus all the same Christ. Remember too. how funny that movie is, Kim? That's yeah. the, the dog no, one? I know. Yes. Oh, it's my very God. Funny. 
Yeah, Eugene Levy's fucking great in that. But there's there's the one guy who's in those movies, and he's also one of the judges in Pitch Perfect. Fred Willard? Is That's Fred Willard? No, Fred Willard is, is the older guy that passed away recently. Yeah. In Pitch Perfect, it's the one lady and that guy. Levy. Damn it. Yes! <laughs> Fuck yeah. Okay, hold on. <laughs> still going <laughs> well it's like how to pronounce levy in british english how to pronounce levy in american english how to pronounce levy in british english john michael higgins <laughs> <laughs> sorry bad timing no that's hilarious your call has been forwarded. Maybe she'll say her name. System. Rachel Levy. <laughs> yes! That's really funny. <laughs> oh, so, okay. Funny. One of my BFFs has the same last name, but pronounced differently. So whatever. That's hilarious. That's funny. Okay. You don't have to put that in. No, I, that was hilarious. Because okay. well, I was, was just going <laughs> to rant about random shit. So that works good. Yeah, you were saying? <laughs> um... Thank you for curating that list. Yeah, those, you're uh, that's a good list. I don't. I haven't seen any of those movies. Any of them, really? Mm-mm. Yeah. So can I'm, I just I'm ex- recap them really quick? Yeah, yeah. go for it. The names, okay, for our listeners, and I'll say the directors too because I have these on here. There's Blind Spotting, uh, by Carlos Lopez Estrada, Boy by Taika Waititi, Snowpiercer by Bong Joon Ho, Booksmart by Olivia Wilde, and Waiting for Guffman, directed by Christopher Guest. Those are the ones you should watch. Hell yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And the, yeah, they didn't have to be pandemic related. Mm-hmm. They're just, you got person. time, check them out. Yeah. They're just A plus five star. What would you have to tell people to check out? Don't watch The Kissing Booth too. I read the book. It's nothing like the mo- movie that's on Netflix. See, we're circling back to that yeah. theme. <laughs> I would say watch The Umbrella Academy. <laughs> it's a great movie. Um, it's a great movie. There's a, it's a, technically a children's show but uh it's called kipo um which is a beautiful post-apocalyptic movie about this girl trying to find her father they get separated and they touch on a lot of really awesome things they touch on things that you want children to learn as they get older Mm -hmm. but they do it in such a way Mm -hmm. that you're not you don't have to explain anything to your kids Mm -hmm. like they leave it out there in a way that the kids are like okay yeah that's even though it's a post-apocalyptic cartoon Mm -hmm. like it's just applicable to the way that they interact with other kids and things like that so it's really beautiful show name the one part that happens in it though so no it's not because they do it really quickly so this this girl uh meets this other human boy and uh he's helping her out and they go on this Ferris wheel and she thinks that they're on a date and she is like, I, I think I, I like you. And he goes, oh, I'm sorry, I'm gay. And then she's just like, oh, whew, OK. <laughs> and like it's a this big stress reliever of like then she just gets to appreciate their friendship. Yeah. And so it, it rather than creating this weird like, oh, wait, what? You like, oh, like there's nothing like that. It's just totally normalizes it. it. it yeah. It yeah. makes it so that this it makes their relationship stronger, if anything, mm-hmm. because she feels like she can um, rely on him that much more, mm-hmm. which is really interesting. 
there's no it leaves no room for resentment which is how it should be right finding out that somebody isn't attracted to you shouldn't make you resent them right or that they sh- yeah that you know what i'm saying like and this actually leads into the next thing that i wanted to talk about which is heavy <laughs> and we get sometimes get heavy on this show do we have show. something silly after it then we get silly afterwards okay I'm always down to do get more Im- more improv stuff where you're a, a turkey in various <laughs> situations. I'm actually terrible at improv. Probably one of the reasons <laughs> I stopped doing comedy. <laughs> the comedy scene is. Oh yeah, go ahead. Just call me back. We'll, we'll restart it. Okay. Hey. Hey, you rang. I did ring. Um, it's just for a very simple thing that actually your um your voicemail um answered the question for me because I'm on a podcast right now with my friends, <laughs> and we were talking about. Eugene Levy, but I was saying Eugene Levy, and they're like, "That's not how you say his name." I'm like, "Yeah, it is." I have a friend <laughs> named Rachel Levy. I'm gonna call her right now and tell her that's how you pronounce it. And you didn't answer, but your voicemail said Rachel Levy, and I was like, "Ha!" But I guess it's Eugene Levy, so whatever. Yeah, I mean, we're one of the weirdos that says it that way. There's okay. not a lot of us. Well, I thought that they pronounced it that way though too. I always say Eugene Levy, but. I mean, we did not look up a clip of Eugene Levy saying, hi, I'm Eugene Levy, but I'm pretty sure he does. Hi, I'm Eugene Levy. And I'm Dan Levy. Yeah, I would double check that, though, like try to find one of them saying it, because I'm like 99% sure they're the only other family I know that pronounces it that way. Eugene Levy. Um, And we think that maybe my Jewish side came down from Canada. (laughs) So that would make sense to me because it's because of the French, because in in uh, French Jews pronounce it more like that. Um, so I would check on it. Okay. Interesting. Can we put this on the podcast? Are you comfortable with your name being on the podcast? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if that's okay. All right. Well, um, thank you for calling yeah. back and, uh, ask, ask her if she has a business she wants to promote. Oh yeah. Promote your book and stuff. Oh yeah. <laughs> She's a writer, a novelist. Oh really? Oh. Mm-hmm. What's it called? The Hawthorne Throne. The Hawthorne Throne by Rachel Levy. Yeah, give us your, just give us a, just give, (laughs) (laughs) just give us the quick, the quick spiel about it. I know you got it. Um, well, so it's imagining the, it's a prequel to the, um, King Arthur legend and it's reimagining it as a historical fantasy. Um, so I did actual like research into the dark ages and the like Welsh myths that inspired King Arthur. Oh my God. Um, so it's really low, low fantasy, more historical fiction. Um, yeah. That's awesome. I, super gay. Super gay. Yeah. yeah. There's non-binary character in it as well. Yeah. There's yeah. One of the characters is non-binary point of view, and then the other main character is um, a bi woman. This doesn't happen in a lot of historical fiction or no. fantasy. So, are, are are you a are you a bionicle woman yourself? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Cool. All right. Thanks, Rachel. Tell You're Mo. Welcome. Tell Mo I miss her. Oh, that was awesome. I'm going to have to find an interview where he like introduces himself. That'll be for later. I'll yeah. put the clip in. Right here. Of him saying <laughs> Eugene, Eugene Levy. So I've always said Levy, too. See, because I feel like I've heard him um, introduced as Eugene Levy as well. Probably because people were saying it wrong. I mean, maybe. But it's happened on like let's a have him on the, Let's have him on the podcast. We'll call him yeah. next time. That's a good point. Yeah. 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 What's his, his son, Dan? Dan. Dan Levy. 
<laughs> That's an interesting point Why though that she just brought watch, up. You could look up Dan Levy. Why don't we just watch the Emmys? I know, but they could introduce mm. him incorrectly too. You're right. Because John Travolta introduced that one lady is a demon something like that all right okay now okay into the the comedy world so when it comes to comedy i thought that like comedy was like uh half figuring out how to write a joke and the other half was dealing with your personal demons in the sense that like depression anxiety whatever things that ail you if you had a bad childhood so trauma like it was how do we make the shitty like things that we've been through funny and consumable on stage Mm -hmm. and so when i went into it there was this other part of the equation that i didn't consider and, and didn't realize and I, I mean i've always gotten along with with women just as much as i have with men so that that dichotomy has never been weird to me but finding out that you know you have these comics who get this like sense of confidence this the sense of confidence because they're on a stage even though it's an open mic stage they get the sense of confidence because they're able to turn that thing into laughter and that they're complete strangers that they're able to to get this thing from mm-hmm. those individuals then carrying that i hate to say false sense of confidence but it kind of is like infallibility yeah and carrying that over into the way that they communicate with other people and the more comics that I would interact with the more that I was finding out about this really shitty side of things and this sense that oh there's nothing we can do about it and like the times that I tried to speak up for people it would get me in trouble and just learning about all of the horrible aspects of any sense of justice or any sense of closure for especially female comics like it just was so depressing. And I mean, I would talk to Kim about it all the time. Like we had a guest on who talked about a comic who off mic. Yeah. Off mic who, um, attempted to basically rape someone like was, they offered to give this, this girl a ride home. She was drunk and she fell asleep in the back of the car. And as she was coming to this comic was, trying to pull her pants off in the back of the car and and then on top of that though like finding out comics like if you don't want to date them for some reason you're an asshole Mm -hmm. like that is is just heartbreaking to keep hearing it It just kept like (sighs) i try not to get (laughs) super worked up about it but it's so heartbreaking because it felt so hopeless because I think, too, you tried speaking out against somebody and it backfired on you where you were getting like shit talked about you. And well, then it and was it, ele- effect- it elevated that and it person. elevated that person even more 
and which is disgusting and then it affected your future shows even though you're not the one that did the wrong it was this particular person and so the the thing that like would upset me is any any attempt to affront this these individuals was met with a lot of backlash or comics that would say that's between you two they would just step back and i just and it's a it's a a problem of mine like this codependent issue that i have with like feeling like i have to insert myself to to correct these injustices uh but when it set in that like i really can't do anything and the victims even saying like look don't don't say anything it's not worth it was twice the I'm an empath too. So like the twice the hurt of like, I hate going to these mics now knowing that I have to just pretend that you're somebody worth giving a shit about because you, you treat everyone so, so horribly. And apparently everyone knows Mm -hmm. and no one's fucking doing anything. That's like when, when you shared your, your story, um, about, about, and then to see all of those comics sharing your post, I was like, dude, you are guilty. You are guilty. You're guilty. You're guilty. What the fuck are you guys? You're only doing this now because it's okay mm-hmm. and it's popular and it's a way for you to be safe mm-hmm. from the finger getting pointed back at you fuckers for a, like knowing that this shit was going on and refusing to do anything about it. Yeah, it went unchecked for a very long time. Um, and I think this pandemic kind of just the timing of it was right, I guess. I don't know. I feel like I don't know how much you've talked about it already on your we not haven't. at all. Not, not, not a lot. really. I would love no. to just catch people up a little bit so they're not really super confused about what we're talking about. Oh, sure. Yeah. Sorry. That's fine. I just was like <laughs> thinking about it in the context <laughs> of someone listening like, what the fuck is he rambling about? Yeah. Um, essentially there's a, it, the comedy scene's pretty toxic and just as a lot of male dominated fields can be, especially for women, it just, um, like I was very involved in comedy when I lived in St. Cloud. I always felt safe around the comics there. I mean, comedy is inherently like it can get dirty and like gritty and things like that. And you do have to have a thick skin. Like people will, you know, say mean things to you sometimes and you got to brush it off. Like people will heckle. You got to brush it off. Um, and sometimes you'll run into people, other comics that either aren't very nice or they're a little bit inappropriate to you. Um, but overall, I didn't really experience a lot of that in St. Cloud. Um, but when I moved to Minneapolis and started doing open mics, it was just a different experience for me. And I, you know, ran into some people who, I mean, the names have been out there, but like, yeah. I met him actually in St. Cloud is where I met him, but ran a really popular open mic and took an interest in my set and me, I thought, and pretty much said that if I ever wanted a spot on his open mic, he would, I just had to like message him in advance and he'd let me on. And that was a really desired mic to be on. It's hard to get on there if you weren't brand new. And a lot of people went to it for the comedy. So he was in a position of power. And he's made excuses like, I didn't know how much power I had, but you do. <laughs> like, you do. When there's, like, new comics, especially ones who haven't really been on the scene a while, like, they want stage time. And um, so I just thought that he legitimately thought that I had 
like I was good and like yeah, yeah. I was, deserved to be on his stage. So uh, I was excited about that. And I would like message him every once in a while about, you know, oh, I thought tonight was rough. And he would take that and turn it into a dirty comment back. Like, you got to get used to rough, you know, LOL, winky face, creepy things like that. And I was like, this is not the relationship I thought that we had. Like, I was so used to, you know, talking to other comics in St. Cloud who would give me advice and not say gross things like yeah. that. So yeah. it really kind of turned me off right away. And But at the same time, I didn't want to be like, dude, don't talk to me like that because I wanted to be on his mic. <laughs> like, he, yeah. I didn't want to piss him off because he had so much influence in the scene. And if I suddenly become this bitch who, like made him feel yeah. emasculated or, you know, turned down his advances. I didn't want to just suddenly never be able to do Sisyphus or any other mic that he like, even went to. Um, so I just kind of laughed it off and brushed it off and only happened a couple times, but it was enough to really turn me off and make me not want to go to mics. And I actually reached out to a friend who was also in the scene. I'm not going to name his name. It's out there, but I really, yeah. you know, he's apologized and he's, I do think he's generally a good person and I think yeah. he's definitely learned from this and he's been really humbled by it. So, um, but I did reach out to him at the time and sent him screenshots and he basically just defended him and that sat with me for a long time. And I didn't really tell anybody about it cause I was like, this is just how it is. Like I can't really reach out to anybody cause everyone's just going to brush it off or say, that's just, that is how it is. You got to grow a thick skin. Like if you want stage time, just deal with it. And that just wasn't okay with me. And I just was like, I'm just not going to do it anymore. I don't know. It didn't really sink in until I started hearing other women's stories. And I'll be honest, like it, it, I didn't even really fully realize like what had happened until I read Shelly Paul's post about on Twitter about things that had happened to her and then things that she'd had to deal with as a female comic. She just like made a list of shit she's put up with. And some of it seems so minor, but it's all like microaggressions that build up and build up and build up as a female comic that you just have to deal with. You have to deal with men just making offhand remarks about your body every time they're on stage. Um, comics coming up to you afterwards and flirting with you. Or tell, this is something I dealt with a lot because a lot of my material was very sexual. They'd come up and just start talking to me like that. And that's actually not how I am at all in real life. Like on stage, yeah, I joke about sex and things, but in in reality, I'm kind yeah. of a prude, like, <laughs> as far as, like, how I like to talk to people. And so it just really made me uncomfortable that people thought, like, my stage persona was who I was in real life. And that's not always the case. So um, she shared her story. And I was like, you know what? Wow. The reason I stopped doing comedy is because of something like this. And because it just kept perpetuating. And so I just, like, made a post about it because I just felt empowered to share that. And I thought maybe a couple of people would see it and think, like, because I know I have a lot of friends like Chris and, you know, a lot of male comics. So I just kind of wanted to like reach out to them. It was more about being like, hey, you could be person B. And if someone comes to you and brings up like, hey, this person's making me feel uncomfortable, step in and talk. Mm -hmm. And you've done that. And unfortunately, you've gotten backlash. But the more people that do it, the less backlash is going to happen. Yes. Yeah. So yep. that's like why I posted it originally. It blew up like way more than I thought it would. And his name came out right away. I didn't realize it would blow up because I didn't realize that he has been doing this for years since he started multiple comedy. Multiple people. Multiple. Multiple yeah. even seems like a small word. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I literally Habitual. have at this point a folder on my phone full of screenshots from other women, stories from other women of just terrible things he said, um, situations that were almost identical to mine, many that were worse. 
And there were women who weren't even comics that he would do things like this to. And it's been going unchecked for so long because he was in this position of power and nobody wanted to piss him off. Yep. So, again, I never even intended for his name to get out. I really didn't. People have been like, yeah, you did. You wouldn't have posted it if you didn't want his name to get out. If you wanted no. his name to get out, you would have just put I his name have. in there right yeah. away. But the fact of the matter is people recognized that behavior and said, he's done the same exactly. exact thing to me. And so they shared it with me. And some people just, you know, there were people that just messaged me and were like, is that And yeah. I'm not going to lie to them and say I'm not. People would ask me who person B was or green, whatever. Yeah. And yeah. I wouldn't tell them because yeah. that wasn't the point. But I was like, honestly, at this point, three people have come forward and told me that and the same thing to them so yeah yeah it was him like yeah. so anyway that's what we're talking about <laughs> yeah well and i mean so and you were, a, you another were, thing that that people don't uh people don't talk about enough and, and i don't even know if people know that this is a thing so something that i learned over the last couple of years is the way that um society has said that this shit happens so often right um, that you're you're gonna run into men who talk to you a certain way. You're gonna have to learn how to. So women who have been assaulted or who have been like had situations like yours, who because nothing's gonna happen to the other person, that they go, well, what is what's good about them? And so you're. It's almost like Stockholm syndrome, mm-hmm. where you're you, even though you're the victim in this scenario, you're having to. So that you can live with what happened, find these good things and try to make it seem like, oh, you know, that was just a one off thing. They just they had, you know, they had a troubled childhood. And so that's why this happened rather than people listening to what the fuck is happening. Mm -hmm. And that that aspect was so heartbreaking to me, like to learn that the reason why. A lot of women are coming forward on top of the fact that nothing happens. It's because to deal with the trauma, they've had to create this narrative that, well, they deep down, they are a good person. Deep down, they are this other thing. Mm-hmm. And that just fucking kills me. Yeah. Yeah. It's a messy situation, too. And I, I think, like, if there wasn't a name that was so prominent in the Minnesota comedy scene that came forward in my story like would people have even listened yeah that's Mm -hmm. a kind of a heartbreaker too it is because i could have just told my story and nobody could have known who those people that i blurred their names out were and would that post have even been shared you know what i mean like um i know shelly would have shared it and other women might have shared it but it seemed almost like suddenly it was like this witch hunt and people wanted names people love you know and i you know people love throwing around the word cancel culture and throwing it around too like i literally have a screenshot of him ask someone asking him like hey what's going on like they didn't know what was happening but he was he's like just cancel culture coming for me that's what he said that was his rather than saying like i was i was i have really bad behavior and i've done shitty things and it's coming to bite me in the ass it's cancel culture like that's such a throwaway thing like oh it's just people who want to cancel like no no um it's easier to get hyped about something when there's a face to it. Sure. For sure. Especially when it's recognizable and everyone knows who you are. But so, I mean, I don't know. And I, I like, <laughs> it's just like showing, like I get so angry about this. Cause of like, even with all this Epstein shit, it shows mm-hmm. that men in power can do things for so long and get away with it. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's disgusting. Yeah. 
or I shouldn't even just say men in power because there was women involved in that case too. Right. People in power can get away with really shitty things mm -hmm. and they automatically, yeah, then he throws cancel culture out at you. Mm -hmm. No, you did really shitty things to multiple people. Mm -hmm. And for a long time. For a long time. And you don't seem apologetic about it. Well, now you are because you're losing your mic. Yeah. Well, and this is only what they've been caught doing. Oh, yeah. This hasn't, this doesn't show, like, there's no screen grab for, and I understand that I can't say. I don't go there. Some of the things yeah. that. It, he's been accused of by other women mm -hmm. but suffice it to say if those individuals come forward you that's you're looking at some serious yeah. accusations and i was thanked by so many it was just really bizarre to me because i haven't really been like in the scene for a while and i've met so many women comedians and comics and even just like fans of comedy who have thanked me for telling my story and it's just so weird because i didn't really feel like i had a story it's like I literally just got a couple creepy messages from a guy and then I had a friend that didn't like support me when I told him about it. Like, that's it. Yeah. Like for me, that's pretty mild. But there are women who have experienced so much worse with him and other people, too. And just me coming forward and telling my story gave them the confidence to either tell their story or at least know that, wow, something actually did happen to me and that was not right. Yeah. And I'm glad that he's now facing consequences for it. But I, yeah, I've been, I wonder if it was helpful to see other granted, but you said some of the people that were like sharing it were like, well, you've done this shit, this, but seeing all these people support it, then maybe gave these other women the confidence to like, I'm not, I'm going to speak out. Cause mm -hmm. I feel like now people are going to have my back. Too. Well, and I think that like you keep saying like that you, your story isn't as bad as some of these other things. The difference though, is that the, the consequences like the risk was very high in calling that person out because the way that they talk is so recognizable mm -hmm. and the type of shit that they say is so recognizable that even though you didn't say names, everyone knew. And so, I didn't even know that. So, that's the thing. So the, the no that's, that's why people were so like empowered is because you're going after one of the top heads and the consequences that could come on to you. Cause not only, do they run that mic? They're on a radio show weekly. They do this live Twitch feed thing. So they have a platform. The last time that 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 fucking radio show came after us, we had family members that we hadn't heard from, friends that I hadn't heard from that were texting like, hey, man, they're fucking blasting your name all over this radio show. Like, so the the risk factor was huge. And I wasn't aware of it, though. <laughs> What's funny Honestly, is, like, I want to yeah. just really quick say, like, he in his original apology post was like, I can't even imagine how scary it was for this person to come forward. And I was like, honestly, wasn't scared of you. <laughs> like, <laughs> the fact that I haven't, you know, you're one of the reasons I haven't been doing comedy and I'm not like I I really have nothing to lose in this. Like yeah, I yeah. I'm not doing comedy right now. If I never do it again, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. I yeah. love doing it. I would love to do it again. But there are so many women that are doing this, trying to have it as a career. Yeah. That's who, yeah. They can't. They can't say anything for what might happen. What's going to happen to me? Okay, maybe I just can't do an open mic ever again. Whatever. I just felt like there's really nothing I have to lose for this. So um, I don't feel like I was being brave. I really don't. I just, but when I think about it, I'm like, I'm, I really am glad I said something because of the women who have come to me and said, thank you. 
because they couldn't say anything and it gets me emotional thinking about it. I no. know, dude. I it fucking it's hard, hard for me to talk is, about. I read your post and when Chris got home from work that night I'm like, "Did you read Mackenzie's post?" And he goes, "I know who it is." And I go, "Who?" And right away he named it because of other shit he has heard too about yeah. this person. We literally me and four other com- or three other comics were talking about him then just the night before. Mm-hmm. We were like you get, God, yeah. I wish I could say the other things because there's such worse things that have. I know that too, and I I'm not gonna say them either because the people that's their that I've, you know that's that's their story and that's it, they clearly do not feel comfortable talking about it yeah. and there's I understand why obviously <laughs> there's trauma behind it too yeah. yes you have never lived yeah 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 that's the other thing like you can't expect like I want I even though I want it so bad I want but. The, you, yeah, I can't imagine. And would they bring about the stupid cult, cancel culture shit? It's like you caused trauma to people. You caused years and years of trauma that for some people. Doesn't go away, and it that doesn't go away. Like, do you not understand the things that you have done to people? Yeah, you should be canceled because <laughs> now these people, who knows if they're going to therapy and they're paying for therapists. They're afraid to be in relationships with other people. They're afraid to go to comedy, something they used to enjoy. You fucked up all these things. You should be canceled at the end of the day. The the uh, chipping away at your character. People don't understand how easily that happens and how that then makes you question other aspects of your life. I hate this whole sense like oh you're just being sensitive no man if you feel like the place that brings you joy is now being ripped away from you that that you've got to under like the way that he feels like he's lost his mic imagine having every voice that you thought that you could lean on around you telling you to, to deal with it I lost I, uh, all my mics, bro. <laughs> like, yeah. You know? Yes. Yeah. And you lost your mic. I didn't feel comfortable going to any. So. Yeah. He's a. You still have your radio show that you can. I was just going to say. Yeah. He still has his radio show. He still has his following that it like those those people. And I have a message <laughs> for this radio show. <laughs> I have lots of messages. I've got words. some words. I listened to part of. Oof, the uh, the episode where was on to explain himself and I was disgusted that they gave him that platform first of all no one contacted me and asked me to be on the show yep no one reached out to me and asked me how I would feel about it they didn't ever say my name which is appreciated I guess because they have a ridiculous fan base who will attack anybody who oh, anybody like they're just like little hyenas mm-hmm. i'm sorry but it's true like they don't have to do any kind of research about anything as soon as one of them says a bad word about somebody they're attacking them so i knew they would come after me if they said anything as you've experienced but uh yeah there was just a lot of excuses and i i do think that uh you know at one point did tell him like don't downplay your influence which i appreciated but ultimately i had to turn it off i couldn't even listen to it because it just it was sick sickening to me to just see three dudes two of whom have done pretty shitty things maybe all three i don't know like yeah wouldn't be surprised just talk about this like 
they, they can say anything. I don't know. It's like you can't, you literally can't say anything. I don't know. Well, this the, the other terrifying thing. So like all, all of this, all of that to say, all of these things. The other terrifying thing that happened though was the next day we found out that our friend, mm. uh, there's a, a strong chance that, that they have done the unspeakable as well. Mm-hmm. And trying to like being feeling so empowered and being on cloud nine for mm-hmm. this stuff and then to get hit with that like an hour after I got home was like I didn't understand why people would like defend Louis CK or like people that would defend because it was like it seemed so obvious yeah but then that massive gray cloud like this mm-hmm. this area of gray that I was just like I I didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And then that whole concept that I was talking about where people, victims, trying to find the good aspect of this person. Um, tr- like making excuses to to try and be able to live just a normal life, to be able to go out in public and, and not be terrified of seeing this individual. Like I can't imagine the like the manipulation on yourself that you have to do to be able to be okay with, with what happened to you. Um, it was so much to deal with. And, and that radio show fucking blasted me for not jumping on it right away. And, and it was just hard because a few days before he was playing with my kids. Yeah. Like this wasn't just some random person. This was my fucking, the fact that I know you. Is, is but the thing that. is, is they also shouldn't come out blasting you because they obviously support this person who's done really, 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 really horrible things. I think too. it's just because I've gone on such self-righteous tangents and I've made it seem like uh, like I'm virtue signaling and shit like that, that they were like, oh, well, what the fuck, man? You, mm-hmm. I, you either are this person or you're not. And so if I'm not blasting... Um, this individual and we legally can't use this individual's name anymore because they've had to go to court and and do things so i they the same reason that they can't say his name is the same reason that i can't say his name they definitely said his name they maybe did, not on the but show na- but now they can't do it <laughs> okay. on the show anymore because there's there's a big difference between these two situations also in that that was one incident Right. That, you know, is something that needed to go to court, apparently. Evidence, yada, yada. I'm not saying I don't believe it. I do. I believe victims like I do. I just I can't not. You know, we've said it on this podcast before is that you have to believe the victim because even though not all men rape, the majority that do rape are men. Yep. Like it's the thing is it's too evidence. Like, there's so, how do you, like, like with proving sexual assault, if you don't talk about it until years later, literally, do you have the evidence? You know, like when people are like, you have to prove things, I will always believe a victim. Well, mm-hmm. And I was going to say, if there's going to be casualties on one side, it is far better to go on the victim side of things because let's say you're wrong about one guy. Mm-hmm. That's one guy. If a man who has done these things. So like, let's say got off and everybody believed him. That's dozens and dozens of women 
who are being thrown under the bus instead of one person. Mm -hmm. Like the casualties that potentially could happen, there's far more casualties if you don't believe the victim than if you do believe the victim. So Mm -hmm. I'm always like, if somebody's going to get fucked over, there will be there will be way less men that get fucked over than the amount of women that get fucked over in those yeah. situations. Yeah. yeah, it's tough because it's it's <laughs> it's not black and white, you know, yeah. at all. So um I appreciate that you actually like put thought and emotion into it and you know understand that yes, people you love and people you know can do really awful things and it's heartbreaking. It really is. Um and it's hard to deal with <laughs> like how do you how do you deal with knowing that somebody that you really trust and are close with can do something so terrible i don't know it's, it, is, it is a grieving process for sure and then at the same time like how can you still be a friend to them can you still be a friend to them and i think that you can be but you also need to realize that um there's there's other people in the equation too who have trauma now and are dealing with that and how is you showing them support, the the abuser support, hurting the victim more? So it's, yeah. I don't know. I, I dealt with it too because I was literally talking with this person about the situation, like back and forth. And I even told him in the conversation, I was like, I know you've not always been perfect. I didn't know about this situation at the time, but I remember saying to him like, you, you you do not have a perfect past. I have seen you do some dumb things, but you have definitely made improvements over the years. And I have seen you personally, seen you grow and become better. And unfortunately, his past came out and it came into the light. And even though he has grown as a person and has become a better person, he has to deal with the consequences of what he did in his past. Yeah. So. Uh, and we, we've talked about this in the, in this, in like the sobriety realm. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're in heavy use, you commit acts that you can't take back. Mm-hmm. And even though you're sober, it doesn't mean that everything is now perfect. Mm-hmm. You th- Those things still happened. And all you can do is continue to do better. But you're you're not safe from the things that, that you did in the past. Yeah. And, and you have to be willing to accept that and and do what you can to make things better in the long run. Mm-hmm. Cause in the short term, sure. Comedy is out the window, but yeah. in the long term, you as a person, the relationship that you're in, the family that you can cultivate, um, can still be incredibly meaningful and, mm-hmm. and you can still live a, I mean, they're young, you know, they yeah. still have quite a lot of life left to live. And, um, yeah, <sighs> I get it. <laughs> Word bombing now. But uh, anyways, so last thing we got here. Uh, no, I keep staring segment in three, oh, two, one. <laughs> I mean, we got to get, we got to end light. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that was just a really like a little harsh left turn. <laughs> I had to get out of there. It was starting to like fucking destroy my brain. Uh, oh, okay. So it's time for everybody's favorite segment. Imagine being a victim. Yeah, I know. I, that's that's the thing that okay. drives Sorry, me I had the to most go back crazy. There, so. <laughs> some sort of conclusion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <sighs> um, okay, 
We have a... Swedish? Oh, I'll let you read it. Yeah. Okay. Mackenzie, you picked out a snack. Yeah, they gave me... Are you Swedish? I am very Swedish. I don't... uh, They gave me some snack options, and I grabbed this one immediately because I have a doll horse tattoo. (laughs) And I I have doll horse... Is there a... Which one? (laughs) All of them. (laughs) These are Swedish doll horse. Don't like Ikea, too, a lot? I mean, who doesn't like Ikea? I know, it's beautiful. (laughs) Yeah, my family is very Swedish. I actually have a relative... I believe his name was Johan Svansson who came. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> who came to America and changed his name to John Swenson or <laughs> John Swanson. Johan Svansson? Johan Svansson. Johan Svensson. My mom's going to kill me for not knowing which one it is, but she doesn't listen to podcasts. So, so what you do is you grab and then we're going to smell and yeah. then eat it. And I, I'm going to imagine it. these are going to be very similar to Swedish, Swedish fish. fish probably, mm-hmm. but... Yeah, so family's very Swedish. Um, I have a dollar horse tattoo, so I get to match the candy here. Yay! Um, <laughs> it's so funny. My boyfriend, Tommy, do I grab? Can I want up each color? You grab sure. what you want, yeah. girl. Um, my boyfriend's family is fifty percent Mexican, like his dad's side of the family, and his sister when she first met me. I was opening up so you could. Um, she looks at my tattoo and she's like, "Oh, I love your tattoo. Is that a pinata?" <laughs> Oh, that's. <laughs> it's like, oh, honey, we are from different cultures. <laughs> but man, I love them. That's really yeah, funny. That yeah. Really fun. I'm gonna grab one of each color. Okay. I guess I didn't realize they were even different. Look at that! That is so cute. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, so these are from IKEA. They are. They don't really yeah, have a say. strong smell. They're kind of firm. Yeah. They're like very gelatin. Very, They're um, like Swedish fish when you leave the bag open a little yeah. too long. All right, oh, you ready? Yellow. Yeah. I'm going to red. Oh, I just bit the head off. That makes sense. Ooh, I like it. Mm. Mm. No, I'm personally not like a gummy candy fan. The only gummy candies I really like are the Lifesaver gummies, mm. but they're very soft. And I do like Swedish fish on occasion, and these are very similar to Swedish fish. But Swedish fish have this <laughs> really unique flavor to them that kind of you know there's here. no added um, high fructose corn syrup in it. Oh wow, they're really sticky. Oh, and it's non-GMO. They're really sticky. Very sticky. I think I have to go to the dentist after this. No synthetic God, colors. That's delicious, actually. It is. It's zero it's, grams of fat. It does remind me of like Lifesavers and kind of like that jelly bean flavor. Mm-hmm. Oof. You know what kind of sugar is in it? Beet sugar. Wow. Beet sugar. Have you seen uh, your vision? Yes. <laughs> that was Hilarious. fun. <laughs> that would be on my top five list to watch. Why, why don't you go make sex party? I will go make sex party. <laughs> sex party with Ethan. <laughs> yeah, I fucking loved it. That was a funny, like, mm, don't have to The red one's movie. good. Now, I don't like... Orange and grapefruit. So I'm a little concerned about this one, but I'm going to give it a shot anyway. Orange wasn't terrible. You can usually do like artificial orange, but you said this is all natural. Chris does not like bananas, but likes artificial banana. Because it's not banana. It's a fake banana. But fake banana is weird and like numbs your mouth. I guess I never thought of that. But banana popsicles, I fucking love them. Rupier and grape popsicles. Dude, the ones with the, the... like the ice cream in the center mm, of it. Stop it. <laughs> Rip your float ones. Oh my Fucking gosh. Love it. 
I need to find a cheese curd stand. Well, these are delicious. You can find them at Ikea. Or you can get someone to go to Ikea horse. next time. Maybe. <laughs> the Swedish dollar horse. Yeah, I'm definitely need a chocolate. I like chocolate. So we had a chocolate yesterday. I wish Layla wouldn't eat them all. No, there's another, a whole other uh, thing left. <laughs> Snacks part two. Hi, I'm Eugene Levy. This, this raises the question that I, I, we used to ask guests all the time. Uh, it's the Bill Gates question. Oh, I was like, don't ask that question. <laughs> You don't like the Bill Gates question? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, but no, the Bill Gates question is, so Bill Gates comes crashing in and he's like, oh shit, don't worry, I'll fix that. But Mackenzie, I'm here for you. I'm going to give you any amount of money you want to start a business and I will continue to fund that business so that you never lose money. What business would you have and where in the world would you have it? This could be a fart factory in Louisiana. It can be whatever you want. You will never lose money, but it has to be a business. <laughs> oh, funny you should say it because this is already in the works for me. We're <gasps> very beginning stages, but I love this. Yeah, I, you know, I, I am gosh dang creative. I created this guy a long time ago, <laughs> back when I first got my iPad and didn't know what I was doing. Um, have improved significantly. So if you ever need a rework. Since that? I think so. Oh, awesome. I do I love, love those. That. I love those. Yeah. I need. I need a. I need to get commission you for I something. I hate but. drawing people if I don't know them. I love drawing people that I know. Uh-huh. I liked doing that because I know your faces and feel like I could get a likeness. <laughs> but there have been times where I'll be commissioned to draw people who I've never met and can only go by pictures. Mm. That's and hard. I struggle really hard yeah. with that because so much of like people's likeness is. I guess like their facial expressions and things, and I don't know. Like I feel like I did an okay job. Yeah, <laughs> I look no, at Chris's cartoon character. And I want to make out with him all the time. <laughs> I'm like that character is um, hot. But back to Bill Gates here. Um, I would love to just have like an art business and sell prints and T-shirts and bags and pins and stickers and things like that. And that's totally within reach for me. But it would be really nice to have like a, a studio space. Yep. That I could just go to and feel like I'm at work and, yeah. you know, have the money to have as many prints as I need and, you know, nice machinery, like a nice printer and not have to go through, like, just print it myself. Uh, mailing solutions, things like that. Where um, would you have it? I'd probably stay here in Minnesota, Minneapolis. Like, my family's here. I don't really see myself moving But anywhere. you could move your family. You I probably would move him out to Seattle. My dad's been trying to push. <laughs> and I've never even been to Seattle, but I know, like, I just know I would love it. Like, I love that weather. I love that. I have I have friends that live out there. Um, I've got friends that live up in British Columbia on mm. Victoria that I could visit. Like, I have people out there that I know. And all of them are like, if you come here, you're never going to want to leave. That, and, I think that's why I don't want to visit out in Oregon and Washington, yeah. too. Because if I fall, like... If I fall in love with it, I'm not going to stop thinking about it. Mm-hmm. I used to want to move to L.A. really, really bad. And then you hear all this shit that's going on in Hollywood. <laughs> now I'm over it. Yeah. My dad, and winters are hard for the farming oh, community yeah. and having goats in the winter. They're all very fat and pregnant. And <laughs> I, my dad has constantly been like, you should just move out to Washington so that your mom will want to follow you. <laughs> and then we can break, move the goat farm out there. And like winters will be way less harsh. And I'm like, maybe. But now my brother has a child. I was going to say, I thought, yeah, you're <laughs> oh, an aunt. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. I'm, yep, I've got a niece now here. And I don't see them moving ever. So I don't think my mom's ever going to. I'm like, I'm going to have to have a couple kids. I was going to say, you're going to have to have one more than they do yeah, to yeah. make it work. <laughs> yeah. Or you can have babies because you'd have Swedish. Mexican babies. Mexican babies. 
Swexicans. God. <laughs> uh, yeah. Fantastic. We should we should just start saying we should start throwing gosh gosh darn creative or gosh dang. Gosh dang. Gosh that was dang. something I, I even uh what's the work I workshopped that too. Uh-huh. To see what people like when I made my um logo, mm-hmm. it's actually like censored out. It's like G with the like asterisk money sign, yeah. pound sign. And then D with the at and blah, 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 and creative at the bottom. And I sent it to a few people. I was like, what is the name of this company? Some people said, gosh, darn creative. About as many that said, gosh, dang creative. So I'm a little worried that people are going to mix them up. But dang is way more fun to say than dang. It is really fun. I do like gosh, dang. dang. Gosh, dang. You're creative. Word. Um, okay. Well, so beyond uh, gosh dang creative, is there anything else that you'd like to, to promote? Is there... Uh, social medias and, and things of that nature. Ooh. I mean, I'm gosh dang creative on Instagram. I don't think I have a Twitter right now. I'm on Facebook too. So it'll be really cool. I haven't been posting on Instagram a lot, but that's going to change once I catch up on my commissions and um, I'll start posting some of those. I just feel bad. I don't want to like post work when there's people waiting on work. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I'm in a really no, weird yeah, mental block. Being a photographer, it's the same. Like if I post photos from this session i did and then but i did a wedding two weeks ago and i haven't posted any previews what's the person in the wedding gonna think i also like my commissions are closed at the moment yeah and i don't know when you're gonna post this but they're not gonna open back up again until i'm caught up and i still have quite a few oh it'll be it'll be a little while sure we so we've got three in the cans we've got two more to record and Mm -hmm. then we'll the so these will and maybe we could get you help on this so we release episodes on tuesday and wednesday right now and I'm not sure if I want to start releasing stuff on Thursday or release stuff on Monday. Monday. So would it go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or would it go Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? I don't know because I never listen to podcasts the day they come out because I just I'm not I a don't podcast either. listener. So then I'm really behind on mine, so I would not be a good person to ask. So, but that makes sense because you're even less likely to get caught up if it is released closer to the weekend. I, I would say think. Monday. Okay, maybe Monday. So, at any rate, <laughs> by the time this comes out, it'll either be Monday or Thursday, and then every Monday or Thursday, whatever fucking day. So, there will be three different shows that you can listen to throughout the week. And, uh, yeah, we're go to our merch store. Share um, these episodes. Yeah, I want to just a little plug for my BF, too. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. go, yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> he's, uh, he's Death Electro. That's his... Um, his solo project like him on facebook i think he's on instagram too um he's a really talented musician his name's christian pastrana um very good stuff he's got a my chemical romance cover uh-huh. the world is ugly from danger oh. days so like i said he's into that <laughs> um but he's also in a band called waste if you're into like metalcore hardcore oh, stuff geez. um so listen to waste and then he's a bassist for vermilion heights that um, oh. a few of my good friends are in so you like Vermilion Heights? Yeah. Yeah. That's the show I went to. Um, Vermilion Heights is playing. Taco House is playing. A couple other bands that I'm Oh, into. shit. I think I... Wait, what was it? Christian. Christian. He's the bassist in Vermilion Heights. I like how your man buns in the in this camera the, oh, the no. whole time. Oh, no. Has it been a... Oh, no. <laughs> over. Let's see it. Is it really? Yeah. Wait. Ready? There it is. <laughs> oh, it's oh, it's just in the corner. <laughs> I thought I had it. God damn it. Oh, well. Uh, so I don't know if you remember, but the last thing that we do on the show is our, our listeners are called ducklings. Oh, 
So we say, but you can say it in Turkey. So, uh, au revoir, little ducklings, quack, quack. Au revoir, little ducklings, quack, quack. Au revoir, little ducklings. <laughs> <laughs> Good job.